Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on a Green and Gold Monday, and I wish we were talking about the Packers preparing to play in Detroit this weekend. Unfortunately, their season has come to an end, and uh, now the guy that was up close and personal watching it out in Santa Clara, California, joining us on the hotline, and that is our guy, uh, Mike Clemens. Mike, oh, how you doing, pal? Pretty good. Uh, Matt LaFleur making some headlines today. He talked about uh, they thought they could have won that game. He talked about uh, you know, things like uh, the, the rain and the footing of the, the game, uh, the progress of Jordan Love this season. Um, he thinks the team's got a bright future. He says the team is definitely working on, you know, Flea, their, uh, their trainer, is working with Christian Watson and his offseason, and maybe they're going to go to some especially places around the country uh, on this hamstring and because they need to get him back on the field and figure out what he, how he can develop that in the off season. Um, uh, let's see. He, I guess I don't want to bury the lead. Matt LaFleur said, listen, I haven't talked to the coaches yet and the coaches are talking to the players right now as we speak. So he, you know, he had this press conference early, so he didn't have to take any Joe Barry questions. But he did raise this specter that, you know, the last month after the loss of Tampa Bay Bill, Matt LaFleur has been spending a lot more time on the defensive side of the building, and he raised the possibility that maybe he gives up game calling the plays during the game. You know, i got to make some decisions in terms of how we do, you know, game plan offensively. Um, going to look at all that stuff and – you know, try to do what's best for our football team. So if that involves somebody else calling it, we, we could go that route as well. Yeah, I've got so much confidence in our offensive staff and Adam Stenovich and uh, being able to do that. I think I've said it many times. The We, we are pretty collaborative on the headsets on game day. Um, you know, part of that's just making sure that people can anticipate kind of what calls are going to be uh, called in the game so we can get our players prepared. But it's it's a pretty collaborative approach. Mike, uh, I, man, I don't I, – I guess if he knows what's best, uh, I don't know necessarily that I agree with that because I don't feel like uh, – you know, look, if you're the head coach and you're the play caller, then you hire a defensive coordinator to be the defensive coordinator. And if you got to go over there and help the guy, then he's not much of a defensive coordinator. you got to move on. I mean, that's kind of like the writing on the wall to me, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You know, LaFleur was asked once earlier in the season, maybe three, four weeks ago, that, you know, is there too much on your plate? Would you ever consider – you know, giving up play calling and he, yeah, you know, anything's possible. So I don't know if there was something swirling around where people thought that, you know, or heard the LaFleur and Stenovich were, were talking about this. Uh, we all know that Mike McCarthy gave up, uh, you know, play calling for a while to Tom Clements and that didn't last very long as much nope. as Aaron Rodgers liked him. No, we know what McCarthy did in Dallas. You know, he eventually took over the, the call sheet for, and sent Kellen Moore on his way uh, to improve. And, you know, so they've, they've got to think about what voice does Jordan Love want to hear in his helmet right now going into his second season as the starting quarterback. But that was that was a bombshell, really, for him to say that. Now, after I got done talking to Packers Saturday night, I want to tell you about some of the things that I heard over in the 49ers locker room. I got into the last part of Kyle Shanahan's press conference, and I said, 
Did the Packers defense show you any surprises or wrinkles that you didn't expect in this game? No, no. Um, I mean, they were very similar to what they were on tape, which is, is a real good defense. I think they got a lot of good players. You know, we were, you didn't realize until we got, you know, studying these last, you know, two weeks that how good of a defense they are. I know their numbers weren't there throughout the whole year, but um, we knew they were going to be a challenge going into this game. And um, they made some plays, credit to them. And I thought we missed a few too that could have kind of helped us stay on the field a little bit longer. You know, even starting out on the, the opening drive, you know, we had a real good look. We ended up getting a false start that kind of took that away. And um, the next play, we didn't have the same look. And fortunately, they dropped that pick. Um, but the whole day was just a little off, but guys stuck with it. And I mean, even like the third and, or the second and six right there at the end, getting that drop leads us to third and six. And then BA made a hell of a play to keep us on the field. So um, everybody had their part um, in both sides of the ball. You know, Mike, uh, you know, he talks about the plays, the way they made them down the stretch, and the Packers didn't. I mean, and again, we see the only thing that I can complain about with Jordan Love is you can't, you know, when you got first and 10, you still have two timeouts and time. You can't just wail one up to wail one up. You know what I mean? Right. No, you can't. And Dre Greenlaw, what a hell of a game that this guy had, especially like, and we talked about on Friday show, the guy's dealing with an Achilles. He's questionable. Well, he's out there with two picks. I mean, tr- tremendous before. And Fred Warner is just a heck of a linebacker. But this 49ers team now, this, this, this is their moment. Like the Cowboys, these guys are veterans, man. And we know how many times they've, they've gotten to the NFC Championship, uh, the, the times that they got to the Super Bowl. They really feel they need to close the door as the number one seed in, uh, in the league uh, from the NFC. And so we asked Shanahan about Dre Greenlaw. He gets that second pick, and he's – running around all over the field and how stressful was it trailing most of the game um same as it always is whether not because we're the one seed just because you're in the playoffs i mean we've been in the playoffs a number of times and you know what happens if you lose and we feel we got a really good team and we talked a lot about it last night we know what's on the line anytime you play a game that's do or die um it's everyone knows what that's about especially our guys they've been through that a number of times in the last few years and uh, we all know what that feels like when you don't get it done. And that's on your mind throughout the week. That's always on your mind during the game. But that's why I'm so proud of the guys. When it's not going right and you know how big of a deal you got to perform. And the guys did big time. I mean, they've got the plays that we needed to win. The play that Dre made there at the end to get the pick. Still have mixed emotions. I can't believe you didn't get down right away. Um, <laughs> but that was kind of like the whole day. I mean, uh, all the guys I would get really upset with are also the guys I had a lot of love for at the end, too. Because... They were the ones that pulled it off to get us a W. Mike, uh, they they always do. I mean, this was a, a tale of two teams that are very similar in what their play calling styles can be. You know, you saw a Jaden Reed run. You've seen them use Debo Samuel. They handed it off to the wide receiver, Juwan, Juwan Jennings. I mean, you know, like he said, they, they didn't see a whole lot uh, that all of a sudden they didn't realize what was coming at them, you know? Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan is a coach that, you know, LaFleur has beaten uh, once or twice in the regular season. But they got to figure out a way to get past this guy. By the way, do you know who was visited by Matt LaFleur after the game? I saw him walking in there. Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Who really? Came up through the, yeah, who came up through the 49ers. He was George Seifert's offensive coordinator. He won a ring there. Then he goes as a young coach to run the Broncos. He gets John Elway his ring by beating the Packers in Super Bowl 32 out in San Diego. And then in 2010, he gets hired as the head coach and vice president of the Washington team, and he hires Kyle, he hires Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, 
and his son, Kyle Shanahan, as part of that offensive group for three years. And those guys all learned under Mike. Well, Mike, I think he came over because he feels close to LaFleur. And uh, just, and I could go on and on about that, what that moment must have been like. But then, you know, they lost Evo Samuel to a shoulder injury that's bothered him throughout the season. He missed a couple of games like after week three with this thing. And then, he, you know, he, he got banged around the head. They had to check him for a concussion. So why was Jawan Jennings, the, the running back, first play of the second half of the 49ers, he lines up in the backfield. Uh, and, you know, was it because Debo was out? And I thought this was funny. He said that uh, Brock Purdy had a Ron Burgundy moment, like the anchorman guy misreading the teleprompter uh, when he called the play. Um, great question. <laughs> Those are some of the challenges when something goes down and you call a wristband number, and um, and forgot to tell him not to say Hezzy or not to read Hezzy. But sometimes we just Ron Burgundy our wristbands, and then you look up and Juan's in the backfield and kind of stop it. <laughs> Ron Burgundy moment. That's good. Hey, speaking of some mistakes, I mean, one of the and I talked a little bit about this earlier, but. You know, Brock Purdy was outplayed for three quarters of that game. Jordan Love outplayed him. It wasn't until they really needed Brock Purdy to step up that he made some plays. And uh, and unfortunately, just Jordan Love didn't down the stretch. But, you know, Brock Purdy, he, he shook off a lot of mistakes and, and would-be fatal mistakes uh, had the Packers not dropped some of those passes. Purdy had a four-interception game against the Ravens like a month ago. And then when they clinched, you know, Shanahan sat all these guys. They didn't. They didn't play in their last regular. They had a twenty-one day break, besides yep. the, you know getting the bye and the you know and the game that they played was the week before. So pretty maybe come out a little rusty. Was it hard to block out the mistakes he made from the first half when he finally got things going late in the game? I mean, yeah. There's you know obviously plays that you think about as the game goes on. Like man, I could have been better here. I could have hit that guy. He was open. Um, you know, you gotta just be better on third down. Like all that kind of stuff can run through your mind but man it's a testament to our team because the defense got to stop at the end field goal kick or miss um and it's like we had what we wanted right in front of us and so you have to clean the slate you have to have a clean mind and and um not try to force anything you know get um take what the defense gives you and find a way man we had time on the clock so um it's not like you got to be you got to be a superhero make a play or anything it's do what the what we call the quarterback pack tells you and go through the progressions and and find a way Mike, uh, now you couldn't tell on TV all the time how hard it was raining. I was watching you on uh, Twitter where you said, "Uh oh, here it comes, you know, and it was really coming down hard. How much did that rain affect or not affect this game, do you think? I mean, there were parts of it where it was a total downpour, and it also was happening toward when the Packers had the ball with one minute left, and you had to have been making some sort of game decisions. And that's also when Christian McCaffrey, the great running back, he goes to Shanahan on the sideline and says, give me the damn ball. He, he named that play. And when they got to that final drive with about six minutes left, that was the one that scored. And McCaffrey says, it's a play where I run to the dot. And I thought, what does he mean? But, oh, you know what? He ran right to Quay Walker. Run to the, ca- to the captain, to the inside Mike. And that's what worked on that play. We took it right up the middle for the touchdown. So we asked McCaffrey, how much did the rain affect his runs during the game? It was a little slippery. I think they did a good job, you know, doing, doing a lot to try to stop our run, too, especially early. But those games, I think, as a runner, 
when they have a lot of guys on the line, you never know which play is going to be the long one. Uh, when, when, you know, and they were mixing a lot of things up and giving different looks. So they did a good job. That was a good defense. And, um, but as far as the, the surface, it was definitely slippery at times. Um, but, you know, no excuses. Did they catch you by surprise? No, not at all. No, that's a, that's a hell of a football team. And, you know, we're, we're in the playoffs in the NFL, so, you know, so there's no surprises at uh, this stage in the game. Mike, uh, you know, the, the statistic was that Shanahan, not much success when trailing by a touchdown uh, going in to the fourth quarter, and that's exactly where they were. Now exactly the next play going into the fourth quarter is when the 49ers kick a field goal and they bring it to within four. But still, I mean, that, that statistic was there for a reason, and the 49ers were trailing by a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and their kicker, remember, was it Clark or was it Brooks that got his hand on and blocked the first one, right? Yeah, like the yeah. first field goal attempt. Then they come back with one that was like 52 yards. Uh, when you walked into the Packers locker room after the season has now come to an end and the 49ers have prevailed as the veteran team and pulled out a win at home in the rain. I'll tell you, I actually saw one young wide receiver, I won't name, but one of the starters who was kind of laughing and joking. And, and I, I, I just, I, you know, here's what happened. Most of those players, they, they were – they were just glad it was over. They're tired. You know, their aching bodies sink in. Today, by the way, will be the busiest day of the trainer on the team all year long because this is the day that guys come in and say, yeah, this wrist has been bothering me for a month or this shoulder right. you know, or this back, stuff that guys haven't reported. There will be, be 20 guys in the training room today. So I think there was actually a sense of relief, like, all right, we tried our best. I think the next day for most of this young team, that's when it went, oh, damn, you know, we could have right. we could have gone on to either Detroit or Tampa. Or we could have beat those guys. This was when it sinks in. But with your Kenny Clark, and you had the lead in San Francisco heading into the fourth quarter, it's a different story. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we definitely expected to win this game. Um, you know, it was. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we, we had a had a really good chance, and uh, just didn't get it done. Is it hard that it's the 49ers too? They've won. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, shit, I didn't lost to the 49ers what three times now. So, you know, Mike. Uh, I mean, guys are getting frustrated with losing to the 49ers. I'm sure, no doubt. Um, but you know, some of the veterans that have been there done that. You take a guy like say Preston Smith and. I know he spoke to the team after the game, but those guys, man, they got to be feeling a frustration too. My sense is Lafleur called on Preston Smith, 31 years old, the oldest guy in the locker room now. And we asked him, what did you tell your, your teammates after the game? Man, you know, we just got to, you know, we got to have a championship offseason. So, you know, everything rolls into the season because at the end of the day, like, you know, those games come back to falling on your training, trusting your technique and trusting everything you worked hard for this offseason. And I just think coming into this next season, we got to focus on the things that we can improve on and come out there and make sure that our strengths is not, I mean, our weaknesses are our strengths now and that we improve on the things we're good at. I, I thought Preston Smith had a pretty good stretch run. Uh, I thought he played pretty well to end this season. He did, putting pressures on quarterback. We asked him, too. You know, did they make special changes so that, you know, Brock Purdy looked average through three quarters of that game? Uh, I just think we was doing a lot of things. We was doing a lot of uh, – we was playing great coverage and we was getting a lot of rushes on him, some good rushes on him that was applying pressure, not, not allowing him to get out there and get in rhythm uh, like he's known for doing. But he ended up getting in rhythm late and uh, 
I mean, it hurt more knowing that it was a lot of opportunities we had to ex uh, to execute and we didn't. Um, if we get some of those plays back, then it's a different outcome. We just got to make sure that, you know, we don't put ourselves in that position next time. You know, which I, I understand you can't, uh, you know, you, you come in with a lead and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're on your way home. So, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's, it's tough to absorb. But uh, going back to the whole, you know, Joe Barry thing, Mike, and I, I can't blame all this on Joe Barry either. I know a lot of people want to because the defense gave it up all over again. But I saw him blitzing. I saw them stunning. I saw him doing things out of the norm. Yeah. After they lost to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks at home, people were calling for Joe Barry's head. Uh, and then Jairus uh, Alexander got suspended for one game. And today Matt LaFleur said, you know, it, it worked because he's, he's changed. He's a different player now. And we were, you know, pleased with his performance despite playing through injuries to, you know, get into the postseason. Rashawn Gary hasn't talked to us really about a month until Saturday night. And he also spoke to the team briefly. We asked him about that. And I tried to get into him about, what, you know, what's going on with Joe Barry and you guys? You know, don't forget this feeling. Don't forget this feeling and understand um, playoffs don't come around. So the next time we in the playoffs, everybody just, you know, lock in because there's been people that have been playing for, what, 10 years, haven't been to the playoffs once. To the game against Tampa, what changed about this defense to get out of this run that you had tonight? Um, just believing, um, you know, each other, um, everybody doing a 111th. Another thing is, uh, you know, this group of guys on the defense, um, it's fun to go to work with them. So, you know, Monday to Sunday, just us putting, up, us putting together to work and, um, you know, working to get the outcomes that we want. Was there some, you know, accountability with each other as players or suggestions to, to try things to put you in the best position? Did that, did that make any difference? Um, I guess just player-wise, um, you know, just, just challenge each other to, you know, make the plays we need and um, be the players we are. Like, um, you know, me, Kenny, Preston, um, you know, Darnell, Jai, you know, big-time players that need to make big-time plays. Um, we just uh, harping on, you know, talk, telling each other to, you know, make the plays that we need. Let's do this. Mike Clemens standing by. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And here comes a field goal team. They'll take this field goal attempt here and try to make it a seven point game. Yeah, here's Anders Carlson, 41 yard try for him. Carlson. And a big miss for the young kicker. It's never one play. It's because I know I'm sure a lot of it's going to come down to the, the missed field goal, but there were plenty of opportunities. You go back in the first half and have three red zone opportunities, have six points. You know, there's a lot of plays out there that it just, if one play goes different, and we'll probably have a different result right now. He's right. One of those plays, dropped interceptions, missed tackles, you know, uh, just an interception tossed into the air for the hell of it. And then Anders Carlson missing a kick from between 40 and 49 yards, which we talked about all last week. All those things, any one of those things go right. And the Packers are going off to Detroit to uh, play in the NFC Championship game. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. And Mike, uh, I got to think that Anders Carlson is going to have a lot of competition coming up next season. And, you know, as you know, when we're on the road, the Packers front office sits right behind us. And so there's Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst. And, you know, when they missed that field goal, you know, all the changes that Brian made this year, he traded away Aaron Rodgers because he wanted to go 
uh, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, all those veterans won eight guys or so. You got to wonder as they sit there and watch this game in the rain and that ball went wide left, did he say, I wonder if Mason Crosby could have made that one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, you know. I agree. Anders Carlson, you know, as, as recent as two weeks ago, Rich Visaccia, you know, was saying, we still believe in this kid. Matt Lafleur was pretty much saying the same, but because of his leg, because of his attitude, and I'll give him this, he was standing there waiting for us to take any questions about that. And so we went to him about why that 41-yarder went wide left and what was the response of his teammates after the game. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot to learn, and, and for me, you know, it's just uh, it's tough to see these guys because I know how much work they put in, and uh, you know, I just want to put them in the best position as possible. Um, so uh, just just thinking about them and working for them. Usually, when you've had a miss, it's gone left, and that happened toward the end of the night. You said, do you know what that problem is, or something that's kind of hit or miss, and then. Yeah, I was talking about it. Just uh, I knew I knew the wind was right to left, and uh, my goal was to play a little right middle, and uh, just the contact off my foot started uh, just a little too too much left, and so by the end it, it played out of the post, and that's just uh, got to have better contact. You should have just ran on that kick. I mean, it was I mean it was drizzling, but it wasn't it wasn't pouring down. Yeah. I wonder how much praying Matt Lafleur did before Anders Carlson went out there on the field. <laughs> now that that was revealed. Yeah, well, there's some things going on. You know that after some of these wins, you know, we've had some videos. Like after they beat the Cowboys, the reporters, the media are standing there in the concourse as the guys are going to the locker room. And there's some funny lines. You see Matt LaFleur talking to Vondre Campbell, who says, man, I'm tired. And then you see Rich Bisaccia in these videos run by and say, how about those Cowboys? You know, funny little things mm-hmm. like that. For the second time this season, we got a terse note from the team saying, those videos are not allowed. You can't shoot video in that big hallway to the locker room. Like, I understand you can't shoot inside the locker room until they let you in. But, like, what it, I, it's possible that the networks, and I was watching one of the Bucks lions game, the networks are do, now doing a lot of cutaways, so maybe they feel like they own that content than the rest of us. But, you know, it's, it's a one more thing. I also right. know that LaFleur is, is cracking down on a lot of things media wise, you know, and then he today, apparently during his production meeting with the Fox crew, and uh, I guess they mentioned this on the broadcast, they said to him, what do you think about Anders Carlson? Like when it comes to point after touchdowns, you, you know, what do you do? And he says, pray. He was joking, right? Well, apparently they said it on the air. I haven't actually heard that part yet, but the floor was at today on the Fox crew saying that he prays before every Anderson Anders Carlson kick. That was extremely disappointing uh, that that's how that message got uh, portrayed. Um, you know, I've been doing this for, been a part of production meetings for ever since I became a coordinator. And I've never had a, an experience like that, but it is what it is. I talked to Honors about it. And, you know, I think anytime something's out of your control, you, you know, kind of saying it in jest and having fun with it, but it got portrayed that way. And, you know, it's, it's a learning lesson for me. You know, I, I'm sorry, but that that's a cowardly cop out. It, it just is. I mean, everybody knows your kicker sucks. Everybody knows you're having problems. So when they ask you the question and your initial response is pray, 
that's what your response is. That's what the, that's what you told them. That's on that's on Matt Lafleur and to say, well, it's taken out of context, or you know, I'm I'm disappointed in it. It's like, come on, man, come on. I mean, your kicker sucks. Everybody knows it. He can't make a Mike. He is four of nine from forty to forty nine yards. He sucks. He can't kick it out of the end zone. They go short because he he kicks it only three to four yards deep. Anders Carlson, the kicking game is problematic. You know it. I know it. Gudikins knows it. They didn't do anything about it. So, and that gets leaked out, and he wants to be mad at the media. No, that's 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 on Matt Lafleur again. And stop blaming everybody else, and try stop trying to quiet the media when your problems are internal. You got your own issues, and stop trying to quiet us from actually doing something that helps either promote you or promote. They do everything they can to shut down every word of the media. Yet we're the first people they come to when they've got an event, when they got Packers everywhere with a pep rally. Hey, tell everybody where we're going to be. Well, you want us now, I guess, right? You don't want us talking about anything as guys run off the field and say stuff to the media and to the fans. The fans can shoot the video, but we can. But, oh, my God, if you got a Packers Everywhere event coming up, you need us to tell everybody where the hell to go. It's, it's such well, garbage. LaFleur has been a calm, cool, confident person there behind the microphone. Um, I've talked to him off campus a couple times, and there's a good rapport there. Very smart guy, extremely hard worker. Nobody works harder in the building than this guy but with each year man you know and and he's been he's been more he's been a more passionate leader as a coach i think he realizes he needs to deep down and reach these guys by their hearts and to not lose the locker room and to earn their trust and so that part is good but also the growth of the little paranoia like you know dude (laughs) you know if he sees one little thing that criticizes him that gets them all upset, and that gets you off your focus. That's 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 what drives these guys crazy. And you know, they talk about that they shut out the outside noise. Oh, but I'm telling you, they're paying attention to every single word you say on these shows, Bill. So then yep. I go to Quay Walker, and I, I think Quay Walker's a good player and a good leader. And he, you know, he's two years now down. And I thought he was pretty straightforward with me. And I got a one-on-one of them. You guys want to play that later on. That and the Aaron Jones interviews are pretty good. Aaron Jones, by the way, do you know Aaron Jones? He said he tweaked his hamstring on that 50-yard run toward the end of the game. Didn't so, know that. And he's very, yeah, very, yeah. It's not in that interview, but I, uh, you know, he said that kind of after. I talked to Quay Walker. I said, you know, you can't drop a surefire interception like Darnell Savage did early in the game, right? So I just, we just got to just capitalize on more things like when we had a chance to make the interceptions, uh, make the interceptions or whatever the case may be, because it can be a turnaround. Uh, it always be the small things that can turn around and hunt you at the end of the game. If we would have made those turnovers, we probably could have scored on both of those turnovers or whatever the case may be. We could have had a different outcome. So we just got to capitalize on the plays that we have in front of us. That's all. Mike, uh, you know, look, it, they had a tremendous season. And far better than a lot of people expected. But it, it's the little things you can look at and say, these are the things you need to learn from. Uh, because we've seen it time and again. You cannot make little mistakes in big moments because little mistakes ultimately will come back to haunt you. And we've seen that. We saw it happen last night between the Buffalo Bills. They missed a kick as well. They had a couple of opportunities. They dropped balls. They, you know, Josh Allen had an opportunity to run. He didn't. I mean, we saw what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs fumbling a ball out of the back of the end zone. They could have scored and put the game away, and they had to fight till the end. I mean, little mistakes get capitalized on in the postseason big time. 
Yeah, you know, let's face it, though, this must-win period here in the last month or so, you beat a Vikings team with a third-string quarterback, and then you beat Justin Fields and the Bears. But let's face it, to beat the Chiefs, to beat the Lions on Thanksgiving Day in front of a record audience on TV, and to beat Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, that's just awesome. That's an awesome performance. Jordan Love mm-hmm. talked about what he Jordan Love talked about what he learned through those. Uh, there's there's so many things. Um, <clears throat> I think just understanding the, how small the margin for error is um, in this league, especially in critical games like this, when uh, you know you, you win in advance, you lose, you go home. Just how how important every play is, um, and just how locked in you got to be. And then, um, like I said, you know how critical situations are at the end of the game to go win it. Um, just how dialed in you got to be um, to to take advantage of those games and win. Um, but you know, there's so many areas and so many lessons I've learned throughout this season, um, and that the teams learned throughout the season that I think is going to make us better in the future. Mike, so all all is said and done, and obviously we're going to talk more about this all throughout the rest of the week and all in the off season. But wh- what do we take away from this season? Uh, I think tremendous growth from the wide receiver gro- group. Uh, tremendous performance from Jordan Love. I I. I think it's going to be an interesting week to see if, in fact, LaFleur has the guts to make the move at defensive coordinator. But those guys are already starting to get hired right now, so they better make a decision quick. Um, uh, in ter- in, by the way, you know you know how bad the travel has been the last week or two across the country, airplanes right. and cold weather. You've had to deal with it in your travels as well. Um, so I had I, if I, one last clip I want to play. Uh, the uh, – Tampa Bay Buccaneers were getting ready to go to Detroit to play the Lions at Ford Field for that game. And Todd Bowles is up there and a, a Tampa Bay TV reporter. See, sometimes we're idiots in the media. Uh, she asked him this question. Coach, you, you. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams uh, today. It's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we're going to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you... When you don't do a lot of homework, I get it. I mean, there, there's a, there's there's nuances you can understand. You can say, okay, I didn't know that or this, but you gotta know they play in a dome. Come on, man. Yeah. You know, Todd is. He, I think he let her keep going because I think he was. He, am I misunderstanding her? No, she's actually right. saying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, we we have some idiots that get credentials among us from from time to time. I get it. Sometimes you just grin, you bear it, you kind of smile and say, okay, keep trying, keep swinging. You'll never make that mistake again. Everybody goes through that. So, you know, right. one bad one right. out of the way. So there you have it. Right. Uh, Mike, always good. Get back safe, man. And we'll talk again later this week. Sound good? Thank you, Bill Michaels. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our guy, Mike Clements. <laughs> That's... I did hear that. And that poor girl, you know. I don't know where she. I did he say uh, Grant? Did he say where she was from? Was she from a big network or was she local? She's one of the local reporters, and I think because this is about a week ago, I think I read that she was one of their news people. Because sometimes these TV okay. stations they don't 
you know, they're sending people everywhere, so sometimes people fill in. And right. I, you know, she could have been a politics right. reporter who had to go to a press conference to get some audio. Yeah. She might have just yep. not known. <laughs> yep, that was, uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a tough one. No, I mean, it's like people were making fun of the girl in Green Bay because Jair came up and said, go pack, go, or the pack is back. And they, they, she didn't know who he was. Well, she doesn't do that for a living. Not covering the team. She was just there being a being a reporter saying, hey, the fans are, you know, exuberant. And if you don't know sometimes and you don't see these guys on a daily basis, you may not know. It's sometimes for football players, it's tough because they wear the helmet. You don't know. So I, I get it. But, yeah, that was – that was crazy. She's also in the middle of a live shot. She's probably like, get whoever yeah. this is, just get through this and get me off the air before whoever this is says something. She right. probably wasn't even paying attention that much. Right. No, I get that. Oh, my goodness. Hey, our friends at Point Brewing say cheers to the pack and a uh, hell of a year. And now hopefully the offseason treats everybody kindly. And then we're back at it again come the end of July. But to Point Brewing says a hell of a season. Uh, way to go. Nice job. And uh, better luck next year. That's our friends at Point. Have everything from the traditional lager to the snow pilot seasonal that's out there right now. And all the cider boys and everything in between. Check our friends out at Point Brewing. Point, Point Brewing. Brewing excellence since 1857 right here in our own back. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Twenty twenty four is here, and if you got an event coming up and you're looking for a tremendous place to do it, say you know, gathering of a little bit less than a hundred people, or or less, and you're looking for a scenic place to do it, Northern Lights event venue, right on the uh, Milwaukee Riverwalk, beautiful place, different uh, capability for lighting. They have a photo studio, they have backdrops, they have a meeting space. You can use any one of their big TVs. For some of your PowerPoints or whatever it is you decide to use. Plus, they got a full service bar. They can cater in food. So much. Dinners, weddings, rehearsal dinners, photo shoots, business events. That is Northern Lights Event Venue.com. That's Northern Lights Event Venue.com. Get a hold of uh, Bob down there. Northern Lights Event Venue.com. Good people. Good people. And, uh, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to use that place. As a matter of fact, I got an event coming up we're going to use. So, uh, Northern Lights Event Venue. Dot com. Check it out. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls, shall we? Let's do this. Let's go to Tim listening to us in Arizona. Tim, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Glad to have you, Bill. Uh, over the weekend after the game, I heard so many other shows saying, why is it that the 49ers are always beating us? Why are the 49ers always beating us? Well, you know, because I've been around a long time. I remember back in 95, 96, 97, and almost in 98, we beat the 49ers. Because what goes around comes around. It runs in cycles, so our time will come soon enough. Um, that's one of my first points. Second point was only six points in those first three opening drives in the first half. Yeah. Wow. I tell you, you know, 14 plays, 10 plays, 10 plays. We're gobbling up yardage, eating up clock, and only to come away with six. One of those could have ended up in a touchdown. Different, di- different altogether. Um, next point I have was... The two missed interceptions. One was a pick six, and the other would have stifled a drive. Well, if we got those, again, we'd be, we'd be talking about Detroit. Um, I'm looking already for the schedule next year. We pick up the AFC South teams, and mm-hmm. that means good old Baltimore. And we're picking up 
the NFC West and the way it shakes out, 49ers are coming to Lambeau. So that's going to be one heck of a game. I figure that, that's a Sunday night game for sure. And uh, one last thing that I was thinking about, because I'm waiting to see once July and August comes, when they start talking about coaches on the hot seat. And I would have to say that good old Matt LaFleur might be on it because the way I'm looking at it, he's getting us there, but he's not getting us to the ultimate prize, which is the Super Bowl. And I remember right. back in the early 2000s when Tony Dungy, I don't know whether he was fired from the Tampa or he left, goes to Indianapolis, and John Gruden takes that job over, and in the first season, it was Tony's team. They win a Super right. Bowl. So just some things that, you know, I was thinking about. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I I, I, I think, and I've said this before, I think uh, Joe Barry is out of a job. I think that Matt LaFleur uh, obviously is going to keep his job and going into next season he is going to have, uh, depending on how the season goes, uh, said through the first portion of it, he'll have a lot of eyes uh, looked at him. And then you got to determine whether or not he's the guy that that can take you farther. Um, and, you know, well, look, uh, the Packers were not the better team on paper going into this contest. So you do have a little bit of an expectation of the San Francisco 49ers winning. The problem is, is when you're right there and it's upon you and in many different plays, you kind of choke it away. That's when you got to go, wait a minute. You know, why, why is this team tensing up and not being able to make the plays at the biggest moment? Now, the week before they made them, right? They made them. They didn't feel the pressure. They went in there with nothing to lose. They didn't feel that pressure. I thought Matt LaFleur did a, a, a bang-up job. So this coming season, because everybody wants to know if Matt LaFleur is going to hang it. Yes, of course he is. Matt LaFleur is going to be there. Yes. No doubt. I, 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 I wouldn't fire him. I, I think this season that, was, that looked to be heading down a real nasty path could have blown apart, and I give him all the credit in the world for not allowing it to blow apart. There's something to be said for that. So I, I thought he did a great job, but, you know, I, I got a question here about, well, you know, with Joe Barry coaching so well down the stretch and his defense is playing better, do you think Joe Barry keeps his job? No. And, and again, I go back to why did it take you until week 14 and 15 to turn it around? Why? Why, why were we talking about communication and firings and such in weeks 10, 11, 12, 13, right? Why? Why Why did it take 13, 14 games? And then if you're Brian Gutekinds and you're sitting there thinking, God, I have put so much draft capital into this defense and I have put so much free agent money into this defense and we're no better today than we were back when I started buying the, the Smith brothers, we'll say. We're no better. Well, you can't keep spinning your wheels. Either you believe the talent's there or it's not. So the guy to go is the guy that stirs the pot via the talent. That's the, that's the coordinator. you got to make a change. The, and, again, the question is, can he take you farther? And at this point, you got to ask yourself, can he? Or are you just going to keep going with the same results year in and year out? Of course. you gotta, you got to cut him loose. Got to. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. 877-867-1670. Uh, Grant, we got to take a break here, right? Because we're running up against it. I went a little bit long in that segment with Mike, right? Yeah, that's fine. We got to get one more break in. Okay. Here before we got to get one more break in before the top of the hour. Stay right where you're at. We got more of the Bill Michael Show covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh-huh. 
If by chance you are looking for, uh, say, your say your garage floor, say you're looking at it and going, man, that's nasty. It's all full of snow and salt and sand and crap, and you're thinking, man, can I even get my garage floor redone right now? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. How about maybe uh, a rec room or even your basement? Uh, I converted my basement into a gym when I first bought the house and had epoxy flooring done right. Come in and do that. Uh, get a hold of Sean and the gang because they do magnificent work. They really do. 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852, or check them out at epoxyflooringdoneright.com. They can do epoxy flooring, polyurea coating. They can do the epoxy and just throw it down and use the flakes, or they can do different swirls and make it look like marble. I mean, there's so many cool things they can do. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. And again, epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Call them, 262-443-2852. From Green Bay, down to Milwaukee, out to Madison, everywhere in, be- in between. Again, 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Good, good stuff. Uh, let's go to Steve listening to us in Wind Lake. Steve, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Pretty good, pretty good. I was uh, I was at the game with my uh, two daughters, two son-in-laws and wife, and we were in the south end oh. zone, and we saw him warming up kicking my daughter leaned over to me uh i don't know it's about a i think he's on the 32 yard line she leaned over and said you know she looked at me because he missed and uh said well that's gonna hurt later and uh he he uh he was not very good in warm-ups either yeah i and i've i've watched him kick in warm-ups before too and and that's why when I sat there in person, now you tell me, you watch them, you you know, they go from the 27 to the 35 to their 32, 35, 37, they work their way back. It's not like he's got some huge leg and he's booting at 65 yards, right? Well, he the, the mid-range ones, when he was in the 30s, he was missing those. He went deeper and he put them right through. So, uh, you know, is there a mental block at 30 to 40 or, or – or whatever. Right. Now, I I think the, the 40 to 49 yarder where he is sub 500 on the season is the mental bugaboo. I, I don't I don't discount that at all. Steve, appreciate the phone call, man. And glad to, you, well, I wish you would have had a chance to see a win, but pretty cool to be there and be a part of that experience. 877-867-1670. When we come back after the top of the hour, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to be joining us in the next hour. We'll talk with him about what he saw and uh, how he kind of breaks it all down. And when earlier today we were talking uh, about Aaron Jones, and I was just texting back and forth with a buddy of mine, and Aaron Jones not coming out of the backfield in that last Aaron pass and saying, well, he had the hamstring tweak. You don't know if he tweaked it and didn't tell anybody. You don't know if he tweaked it and wasn't able to run. But if he wasn't able to do anything, you know, you hate to say it, he probably shouldn't have been out there. I appreciate the fact that he's a veteran and trying to gut it out. But he probably shouldn't have been out there unless he was out there strictly for blitz pickup. But you you understand that maybe a little bit better now as to why he didn't go out. As Mike said, he had kind of kept it from everybody that he tweaked that hamstring a little bit. But you wonder if he couldn't run at all. You know, like it was, did he jog out into the field limping badly or walking or did you know could he not do anything? So you 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 probably got to find out from Aaron Jones on that, but. You know, I, it makes a little more sense as to why he didn't go out, if you know what I mean, uh, why he didn't kind of, you know, release. But 
maybe he was just out there too because his blocking capability and blitz pickup is just so much better. So much better. Uh, 877-867-1670. You hit us up in the next hour. we got a lot more to discuss. Uh, the end of the season for the Green Bay Packers. Also going to hear from Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur's end-of-season presser. That's going to be coming up uh, and uh, kind of you know listening to a lot of the different thoughts uh, that Matt LaFleur's had now that he's had uh, you know, some time to let it sink in and decipher it a little bit. Stay tuned. We still have another hour of the Bill Michael Show yet to go. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot more coming up right after this.